0: spot, put it in park, here we go.
1: It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here with episode 37 of the Free Parking Podcast, alongside my co-host, Bush.
0: What is up, Dives? Hall of Famer Deion Sanders episode number 37.
1: I like that. I like that. Um, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, I'm holding a basketball currently. Why, you may ask, our first topic of the day, the NBA switching their official basketball from Spalding to the trusty Wilson. I've rocked a Wilson for years. Uh, this is actually my second one. I bought it during quarantine because I was hoping so much. The other one's worn down. You probably can't even see the logo. Um this is not an evolution, however, but I I you assume the NCAA is going to evolutions, right?
0: Yeah, you would have to assume that's the best ball in the market.
1: It's it's the Corvette of basketballs.
0: Yeah, it's an unbelievable ball. Deeves, the NBA had Spalding as their ball sponsor since nineteen eighty three, dude. That's a long time. You're switching up a you're switching up a staple of a market there.
1: Long, long time. I don't know if it really impacted the game heavily though. Like for Spalding to get out of it, I don't know if it impacted their sales to wreck purchase amateur purchasers like i still bought a wilson even though i knew that the 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 ball of the nba was Spalding.
0: yeah yeah if i went out to dicks or sports authority r.i.p or modell's i would get <laughs> i would get an evolution i mean that is the ball of choice
1: like we said, the Corvette of basketballs. Yeah. Now, it does help with the NCAA, I believe. Like my right here is the NCAA edition of the Wilson ball. They had the Wilson deal. So you could see Spalding try to get back into it. But I don't know, man. Spalding might be one of those kind of like old companies that's on its way. I, I have no idea. But, you know, Spalding, Louisville Slugger, um, some of the old hockey brands that aren't around anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when I see Spalding, it reminds me of the whole new era MLB deal. I thought that Nike was going to pretty much assume every piece of the uniform for these MLB players. However, I do believe new era was able to stick in there, uh, which is nice. Yeah. Spalding reminds me of like uh, that long standing relationship that, you know, is tough to break. But, you know, in basketball, it's a little different. I mean, Wilson makes hell, hell of a ball and and new era makes a hell of a hat new era is there to stay spalding's not so
1: and i don't have the terms of the deal in front of me but you know wilson's paying for it for sure i mean they're putting something out in front of of the, uh, the nba to have their ball as the official ball so yeah. um i don't know kind of kind of cool news mm-hmm. without a doubt another one we have coming from the national football league haven't shared this one with us earlier this week the, NFL is exploring putting N95 or some sort of mask in between NFL players' face masks.
0: Yeah, man, I am not sure what to expect here. So one of the examples that I had seen was Fletcher Cox, and he's got that really pointy face mask, right, with a lot of bars. He's also got the visor in there. So they're working with Oakley. Oakley doesn't make one bad product, even if they're the ugliest glasses in the world. Very true they're still some of the most attractive sunglasses you've seen. So I'm excited to see what Oakley comes out with here, man. I can picture two lenses with some sort of N95 fabric in between them um, for the lower half, and then just yep. a solid mask on top. Seems easy enough.
1: So the face masks that are like Fletcher Cox or Jason Pierre Paul or some of the defensive linemen that have a lot of bars going on, not even the crazy ones, but you know they have more bars going on. I feel like it's easier. Picture like the kickers or the quarterbacks who really don't have a ton going on. It'd be basically an entire mask at the bottom. Yeah. Um, Also, you would have to include a visor, right? Would you have to include a visor on every helmet? Some guys aren't visor guys. So interesting. I mean, they're exploring the, you know, they're exploring. I think by – that point in time we'll be more worried about fans than player-to-player contact i mean Mm -hmm. you're already seeing player-to-player contact around you know around the world the next topic Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about soccer returning um in parts of the world so i think if we had an issue of player-to-player contact this may come into effect they're probably just kicking the tires because yeah the real issue is fan is fan engagement
0: exactly and they're gonna try to make it seem like they're not worried about that uh by bringing up these other topics here but yeah man some guys aren't visor guys but however eye, c- eye contact and this virus getting into your eyes is definitely a big thing so i don't know man i think everybody dude, a kicker two bars three bars with a visor it could and be it's just cool.
1: straight mask but then it, it's a straight n 95 at the bottom i don't yeah,
0: know i don't know it could be
1: cool could well, be I picture a bunch of darth Vader's just running around down there yeah
0: yeah kickers we have 35 yards if we want to get thirty-five yard kick for the miss. Here it comes. Anyway, next topic. Or, Where, or,
1: were we? or, or 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 it's nobody cared who I was before I put on the mask. <laughs> that's that's what it we were
0: adopted the dark. I was born into it.
1: It. <laughs> it. So speaking of we're kind of segueing into again fan interaction, coming back to sports, the National Football League. Um, One topic we didn't have on our run of show. I saw earlier this week a deck put together by the Miami Dolphins on their plans to return fans to Hard Rock Stadium here in Florida. Um, And it was kind of interesting how they came up with a couple different options, not only if fans could come back or couldn't come back, but how they would come back and how they would kind of combat um where fans were seated you know people could still buy tickets to the game but they were spread out every so many seats it was kind of broken down by parties if you had groups of three you were in a certain section if you had groups of four were in a certain section five six two one so on and they were able to break it down on their you know kind of ticketing system to have folks spread out in between the sections another interesting one is what to do with the seats that were blacked out the seats that you couldn't purchase and, you know, you don't want it to look like a Jets game or a Jaguars game. You don't want it to look like nobody's in the stands. So they came up with four different options in this thing, either to keep the seats in, which is the lowest cost option. And to think about it, dude, if you see an open seat, you, you know us. Yeah. If you see an open seat, we're, we're snagging it. We're beelining it yeah. down, right? Hey, third period, fourth quarter, we're going to be down there, row one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were going to actually tie them up. That was one option. The other one would be to cover them up with, like, kind of like couch cover looking, you know, yep. every, between every so many seats. And then the other option was just to take them out entirely um, or or remove the, at least the bottom of the seat so that you can't sit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there, you know, teams are exploring what to do. I, I remember earlier, probably weeks ago, I think it was Jerry Jones, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, asked President Trump if I should start removing seats from my stadium. Trump said no. So they're just kicking the tires um, as, you know, we're – hoping or praying for the NFL to have fans to it. Cause we have a couple big games lined up for us to attend.
0: Absolutely. And Deves, just to add to your point here, those tiers of what you discussed were all based on pricing. So if you were going to zip tie, that's the cheapest option. If you're going to put the couch cover version on, that's you know the mid-tier and then if you're going to remove the seats entirely you know you're talking an arm and a leg and a lot of the smaller teams smaller markets in the league don't have that kind of money to push around to remove seats and put them back in so to me the couch cover option seemed like the most professional it even looked cool
1: with the colors you know team color yeah and it kind of blended in like you know more fans were there yeah um on a similar subject again going off script here during the day job, of sport management, event management, I got a call this morning. I don't know if I told you about this. I got a call this morning from our tenting vendor at our events. They provide you know huge, huge structures for hospitality venues. Well, they're pairing up with a guy, and he sent me probably six or seven articles about this guy. A guy has discovered that there's a certain form of UV light that kills unlimited viruses, like all of them, including the coronavirus. It's UV light that's not hot, and it's not bright enough to hurt your eyes, but it almost burns away the viruses off you like a sterilization. And the tenting vendor and the UV light guy are partnering together, and they have have an idea in front of the FDA in the next two to three weeks. They're looking to get it approved so that every fan can walk through this tunnel together with lights beaming down from the tent. Just getting zapped. And clean them on the way in. He said he kills it in like points, you know, milliseconds. It's milliseconds. It kill you, you just breeze through and you're through. Almost kind of like a security checkpoint. Wow. Um, I've seen other ones where they check your temperature. I've seen similar tunnels where they check your temperature, but this one's like, no, man, you're it's you're Lysol-ed on your way through. And it's not you're getting not getting sprayed, it's just a light that you walk through and burns it off your skin. Uh, it doesn't burn you, it's just bright enough to kill it.
0: That's so, crazy.
1: They're actually taking it to Universal's calling Universal Studios here in Orlando. Disney World is calling here in Orlando. They're going in front of Universal, I believe, in a couple of weeks, uh, as well as you know Disney World's calling. But I think they're going to they're they're showing it off at one of the parks here soon. So FDA approval, showing it off to a park, you could be seeing this at airports, parks, sporting events. Um, that was a kind of cool. Cool call to get today. That is an awesome idea,
0: man. And you know, obviously, devil's advocating in my head. I know pain in the ass, but sure. what's stopping what's stopping the virus from being killed in that tent, you walking into the place and then having the virus and sneezing it out. Right. So now you got to worry about other things. Are you going to do it on every ride? Are you going to do it only when you walk in? I mean, dude, there's options and I'm sure there's some even deeper questions than that, but it's an sure. awesome idea on surface. Awesome idea on the surface.
1: Right, and then what do you do if somebody comes in and they are contaminated? Maybe it's like a, a step two, right? It's after a vaccine is out and then it yeah. still kills it or something. I, I I don't know. But again, any news is good news when it's treading in the oh. positive direction of, of beating a thing and getting people back in stadium. So Absolutely. One place they have gotten fans, sorry, sports has resumed, fans are not back in stadium, is, Bush, correct me if I'm wrong on the pronunciation, Bundesliga?
0: You are correct, the Bundesliga.
1: Not a big not a big football fan, more of a football fan. But soccer has returned to what part of Europe is it in? Is it across all countries? No, the
0: Bundesliga is a German league.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So there's there's a bunch of different leagues in in Europe. There is the juggernaut, the, the British Premier League. And then, you know, you can argue as to which ones are the top after that. But I'm just going to list them. You got Serie A in Italy. That is where you have a ton of other big names in there. Then you also have um, the league that uh, PSG is in. Why is it slipping my mind? Slipping my mind right now, but it's a huge league. That one's in. That one's in France. So you got Germany, France, Italy, and then the uh, the BPL, which is British Premier League. It's it's all the cities in uh, Great Britain. So it's dude. It's an awesome. Awesome fact that that's coming back. Germany and Europe in general is one of the hardest hit areas of coronavirus because it's so dense. So to see that they're having success bringing these sports back, letting these athletes come very really close, you know, close contact with each other in soccer. It's great news for the United States and it should be in everyone's eyes a good test run as to what it would be like to open back up
1: in the States. And speaking of opening back up in the states, three states recently have announced that they will allow sports to return without fans. And some of the big ones too: Texas, California and New York. I'm not sure the exact start date of that, um, but they are trending towards allowing sports to return without fans. And in a couple of big markets, I mean, some of the biggest markets in our country.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, New York, the hardest hit state in the in the country with coronavirus and that state is open for sports. They must know something we don't, and I'm happy about that. If they're they know something we don't about opening up, uh, you know, as being the hardest hit state, that should be a good once again test run and sign for states who are less harder hit to get get open again. I mean, the states up in uh, you know Milwaukee Bucks, like Wisconsin, was not that hard hit of a state. Open it that, up. That should be open. And Washington was the initial hard hit state in the country. Open it up, man. I mean, just open them up now. Like, mm-hmm. if, if New York did it, that is, once again, the test run. We should be opening back up soon, yeah. very soon. There was good news today, uh, in, in the markets, in sports news, all week, Dives, Uh The markets reacted positively to the, the, the news of a cure. They reacted positively to the news of sports returning. Uh, yeah. I mean, dude, all over the place, just phenomenal news and really glad to hear it.
1: Yeah, I was tracking uh, – I didn't purchase earlier, but I, I do vividly remember that first week when kind of the world went dark and sports went dark and, and the cruise ships were returning back home. And I remember looking at Norwegian, Carnival, et cetera, dropping down to $6, $5 a share per. Uh, I saw recently – I mean their high was I think 50 or 60 this year. But they're back to $13, 14 $15 a share, the, the cruise industry, which got just destroyed. It's still not even back open. Mm-hmm. Um, but positive news kind of surrounding um, – a lot of segments of life right now. The last dance was fantastic, which we'll kind of cover deeper in another episode. Yeah, man, absolutely. We're getting there.
0: We're getting there.
1: I went out to dinner this weekend. I went out to (laughs) dinner this weekend. Florida's back. Dude, don't don't get me started on Florida. Don't get (laughs) me started on Florida. I won't. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to get started. Sorry, I'm already, already off. So the way this thing got going, man, it was at the beginning of April, and New Jersey was shut down, New York was shut down, and Florida wasn't. The beaches were open, spring breakers were here, everybody was like, boo, 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 Florida, 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 you're going to get hit. People predicted that the end of April was going to be the worst for Florida. That, you know, And I, I, here, being so connected to the Northeast, I thought the same thing, that, man, we're being foolish. I was the only one kind of, I, you know, my crew was kind of isolating. I wasn't really going out. Um, I was wearing a mask, probably earlier than most Floridians were. I thought we were going to get hit hard as well. Well, it turns out end of April, where they had this prediction of you know a very very morbid and um, you know depressing end of April, we didn't really get that much as they expected. It was it was much lighter than expected. So, end of April comes, we don't get hit as hard, and then they start to open things back up. One of the first states to open back up said sports, you know, since the beginning were a necessary, you know, an essential business. Right after that, restaurants are open at 25%. There's people in in, in bars and restaurants till 10 o'clock at night. Gyms opened up just this week as well. I went to the gym for the first time today. Grocery stores, the entire time, was never mandated to wear a mask. It was 50 50, if that, the entire time. Wow. Beaches are back open. It's not like much has changed other than my desk, and that's now at home instead of the office. For now. I mean, I went in the office one of the days this week, so there's there's not much change here now. we're We're almost back to normal. Just to give yeah. everybody else hope that like it can happen. I'm not telling you to do one thing or the other, but for now, knock on wood. We're playing nice here. The beach was fine, The gym was fine, six foot distance. Um, it's kind of nice at the beach, man. You have no shoobies sitting on top of you.
0: That's true. That's very true. So, right, kind yep. of,
1: but I'm happy it's we're open back up down here, man. I was ready to go.
0: You're you're a success story that down there in Florida, which is very nice to hear. So hopefully that will happen soon. Back up in the Northeast, get these beaches open for Memorial Day weekend, and that would be so ideal. So, Deves, we have an unbelievable interview for the listeners this week. So excited, Ma- Mark Chinook of the ESPN Top Rank Boxing. Also, the in arena announcer for the Vegas, Las Vegas Golden Knights NHL hockey team. He is in studio, not in studio, in the Skype, ready to talk with us and get this interview going here. He's probably got some amazing stories here for us, Steve. So let's get this one going and and we'll chime back in soon.
1: We'd now like to welcome on host of ESPN Top Rank Boxing, in-arena host for the Vegas Golden Knights, and multiple NHL events throughout the year, including one of our all-time favorite, the 2019 NHL Stadium Series at Lincoln Financial Field, Mark Chinook. Mark, welcome on the Free Parking Podcast. Thanks for coming.
2: Yeah, Thanks for having me on, you guys. Pleasure to be here.
1: All
0: right, Mark. Let's jump right into how I know you. So obviously, the 2019 Stadium Series, we crossed paths a couple times. Uh, you know, you were the in-arena announcer. You were going crazy, man. It was it was awesome. Uh, you are running around, obviously, trying to get all the game day things with Andrea uh, from the Flyers done, which was really cool. And then, you know, we crossed paths a couple times when it came to gritty uh, Deaver and I worked for the Flyers for a quick minute. Um, so that's how I first crossed paths with you. And then the second time was at Hard Rock in AC. I spotted you. I didn't realize you were ESPN top-ranked boxing so i ran up you know i was wearing my tampa bay lightning thing you're like yeah you work for the lightning like no 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 my buddy lives down in tampa and uh and i'm a fan so so tell us all about the 2019 stadium series man uh i mean what was that experience like
2: Uh, it's unreal being a part of the league first of all they came to vegas in our first season obviously to make sure things were going smoothly and uh met all of their entertainment and production guys at the league and they were like hey listen you need to be a part of all of our events and So it's kind of like a kid in a candy store. The first one I got to do was uh, the Winter Classic at Notre Dame Stadium. So walking into Notre Dame Stadium for the first time and, you know, being a hockey game was surreal. So, you know, like I said, I'm spoiled being able to be a part of these (laughs) legendary, um, super memorable hockey experiences. And uh, John Beccaro, who heads up the in-game presentation for the league, he says this at every event and he tells like the, the local crew and, and everybody that take a minute before the doors open and look around because it's it's a special special uh, you know sporting event and let alone hockey it's just a special time and they don't go to the same city very often so you know it, it probably won't pass through that town again so take it all in and it's it, there, it's is I've been lucky to be a part of these uh, these NHL events to say the least.
0: Without a doubt. And you've been a part of many, which we'll get into shortly. However, I did want to ask while you were in Philly, how did the fans <laughs> treat you? I mean, it was a rainy day in Philadelphia at probably one at of the, the link. L- at the link, which is tough to begin with. And yeah. then the Flyers win on top of that, the first ever outdoor win. Tell us about that. What were the fans like towards you?
2: It was it was a pretty pretty special, you know, and, and Getting that reaction from that amount of fans, it's, it's a different thing. You know, here in Vegas, we got 18,000 screaming, and it gets loud mm-hmm. inside the Fortress. But when you're in a stadium setting and you're teeing up the crowd, like if I'm saying something that's just a snow, like a big beach ball, just throwing it up there, knowing they're going to respond and come back. To hear that wave come at you is, is pretty surreal. Uh, and the way the game ended up, you know, with a minute to go in the game, they, they tie it up, and then they win it in overtime mm-hmm. – uh, is something I'll never forget. And then there was a moment in the game that I still, I you know, I share the clip uh, with five legendary Philadelphia-based uh, pro athletes. We had, you know, I think the Sixers were represented, the Eagles were represented, and um, you know, to have those guys out on the field with me and, and interviewing them, it was it was a special moment. Bobby Clark, I think, was there. It was just it was it's something I'll never forget.
0: Absolutely. So obviously want to want to touch on the mascot portion of this as well. Was that the first game you've ever commentated on? That was a streaking game oh, where yeah, someone dude. struck. <laughs> it's
1: is that it? Stroke? They stroke? Clip- they stroke. I don't know.
2: <laughs> that clip is still going out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are still sharing it. And it was kind of like an improv moment where, you know, the league trusts me to sort of produce a little bit, you know, on the fly. And uh, we knew what Gritty was planning, and so they kept my mic hot. And you can literally, the camera goes to Gritty, and you see him running across the field, and then you hear my voice over the PA.
1: Gritty's streaking! There it is. (laughs) uh,
2: It's it's legendary. There it is. There it is. Yep.
0: One of the most legendary moments, man. That was was an unbelievable time.
2: Yeah. The league was thrilled with that. You know, obviously it went viral on social, like literally in the moment, you're like, pretty yes. went streaking at the stadium series. You know, <laughs> how could you not watch that? So, right. you know, it was, it was cool moment. And, uh, you know, like I said, dude, it's, it, you never know what's going to happen at these games. The one in Texas that we did was at the State Fair, and yep. I'm literally hosting a, a mini rodeo while the hockey game's going on. There's there's little kid rodeo clowns getting tossed on these little sheep. They, you know, you never know what's going to happen.
1: So it, it's, been a, it's been a cool ride. Unbelievable. Keeps it light, keeps it fun. You mentioned before, too, the atmosphere in Vegas and inside the Fortress. And it's on top of probably every NHL fan's bucket list now. It's way on top of mine. Haven't had a chance to get out there yet. But what's the one thing to you that sets apart the Vegas Golden Knights atmosphere inside T Mobile Arena compared to the other arenas and, and events you've been to?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it, it's, it starts with the fan base, right? It's the first yeah. pro team to, to be introduced to Las Vegas. It's Vegas Born. That's the hashtag we use for the team, Vegas Born. And that doesn't happen every day, that a brand new franchise is presented. And uh, I think that the city was so hungry for a pro team. It could have been bocce, for all we care Mm -hmm. but it was hockey. And also, too, you know, 10-1, our shooting that happened here, the tragic shooting Mm -hmm. that happened in Vegas, happened literally a week before the opening of our our season. So we had to pivot from what was a— A party essentially to celebrate the launch of a a pro sports organization, to honoring those that were lost in such a tragic uh, event. And so immediately, the team was embraced with just this these open arms of of just even if you didn't know what hockey was all about, you just wanted to be a part of this franchise. Uh, And then we just started winning hockey games. Yeah. We kept winning a lot of hockey games. And, uh, you know, tip of the cap to Johnny Greco and Aaron Sacara, who were in charge of our, our game pres. They really, you know, took it to a whole new level. And, you know, I was just honored to be a part of it. We do live in in what we coin as the entertainment capital of the world. So we have at our disposal uh, a lot of things that most cities don't. So when the camera pans and the blue man group are sitting in the audience, just that's the that. normal day for us here in Las Vegas. But you know that's not going to happen in philly or montreal or toronto so we definitely use what we have at our disposal to our advantage and the building is just flat out loud uh the fans bring it and the players take notice you know they're they're already talking about it the opposing players saying how how difficult it is to play in las vegas with the noise factor and the fans don't care win or lose they're going to get up on their feet and support their guys and i think that's a a cool thing. How long that lasts, let's hope it lasts forever. We don't yeah, get a bit of jaded hands when we, we don't uh, you know win for many years, but so far, so good. Three seasons in and we've got competitive uh, players on the ice, so it's a good thing.
1: You brought it up uh, about opposing players kind of being you know nervous to come into that environment. I wanted to get your take on the Vegas flu. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Vegas flu <laughs> of how opposing players coming into that city, if they have especially a day off in between or some certain time in between games, do you think that's a thing? Do you think the NHL is kind of strapped down on, you know, players being able to go out and and have a good time and focus more on the game or? Yeah, I think it was a thing in season one. I think every team that's (laughs) been here has caught on. Uh, I've heard
2: stories that, you know, some teams now stay off strip. They stay in hotels that don't have casinos, you know, and we have plenty of those. Again, you know, we don't live on. Exactly. Yeah. So I think some teams have 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 learned their lesson the hard way. Uh, Chicago being one of them. You know, there's many stories out there that you can yep. look up online about player elevator doors opening and players standing in the elevator without yeah. shoes on. You know? <laughs> uh, I think the, the teams are, are you know, they're aware now and they're doing everything they can. But again, at the end of the day, these guys are professional athletes and they don't need to be babysat. And if they can't come to Vegas and, and keep it contained for 24, 48 hours, right. they shouldn't be
1: playing hockey. Right. Right. <laughs> I want to backtrack with one more hockey question. You have a longstanding hockey history as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about the kind of early days, native of Canada, and, and some of your family history with the game?
2: Yeah, for sure. I'm from uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, uh, home of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. Yep. Uh, back in 88, my father purchased the Greyhounds from Phil and Tony Esposito. So Phil and Tony Esposito hockey legends, obviously, are from Sault Ste. Marie. At that time, they were the current owners of the Greyhounds. They were going to sell the team to Michigan to an organization called Compuware, and it would have been the first Ontario Hockey League franchise to, to be based in the United States. Uh, and my father was like, "Listen, we got a steel mill and a hockey team, and you can't take it out of here. What's the offer? We'll match it." And it's not—he didn't have the money, but he had the, the will with all the brain power to to figure out how to, to match that offer. And so he put up a big chunk, brought in some investors, the city put up some money. And it was right around the time that Canada uh, launched the dollar coin, which is now the loonie. We have a loonie yep. coin. And <laughs> I remember as a kid, I think I was probably you know 12 years old at the time. We did a loonie drive on the streets in our hometown to save the hounds. And I think we raised about $200,000 in dollar coins. Uh, the city put up about $200,000. And then my father and the investors put up about a half a million. And they wow. bought the team for $1 million. So in 1988, the franchise wow. for a million bucks. Uh, which at that time was a lot of money. Now a junior yeah. franchise, I think, is between, you know, four and eight, depending on its location. Um, but the Sioux Greyhounds have been in our family ever since. And the hockey history there's huge. You know, Wayne Gretzky started wearing number 99 there. Uh, wow. Van Biet, Brooke Tocket, I can go on and on. Joe Thorne. On and uh, on. It's a great, you know, uh, I, the list is endless. And, Forever. you know, I played uh, until I was 19. I was a really crappy third-string goaltender. I played for the Belleville Bulls a little bit in the Ontario Hockey League and, uh, you know, got good at packing my bags and going wherever they told me to go play. (laughs) Um, But that's about it, you know, and uh, hockey's just been a part of our family ever since. And what's great is a lot of people from, who have connections to Sault Ste. Marie are, you know, playing currently or, you know, they're everywhere. Uh, So it's nice when, you know, I'm at a game or I'm at an NHL event or even a boxing event where, People bring up Sault Ste. Marie. It's, I'm, I'm proud of where I'm from and good hockey history there. Awesome. Do you still lace them
1: up at all? Hockey's like one of those I, games like golf you yeah. can play kind of forever.
2: I do. I don't play in goal anymore. I try to skate okay. just to keep the, the beer gut off as yeah. best I can. But, <laughs> yep. yeah, there's
1: there's Great gear work. in the garage for sure. Awesome. That was, that was it for all my hockey questions. I'm, I'm a fanatic. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: So, Mark, obviously connections are everything, and you've made your roots deep in hockey. So how the heck did you get into boxing?
2: (laughs) The Golden Knights. Uh, That's how it happened. So Top Ranked Boxing is based in Las Vegas, and uh, their top executives and CAA Sports um, were at a game. And sure enough, I, I get this call to the space, which is a community center that uh, I'm affiliated with. I own and operate this community center. We do a lot of charity work, and that's a whole other podcast. We talked about that for days. But CAA Sports, believe it or not, called the space looking for me and said, "Hey, we're interested in meeting with you to introduce you to Top Rank Boxing." And I thought it was a joke at first, but then, you know, we gave a call back, and sure enough, I flew to LA to meet with CAA, and then came back home to Vegas and, and met with Top Rank and. What I didn't realize was combat sports has no in-arena activations. And so I I became known as this in-arena hype guy pretty quickly within the league, working the league events, and then, you know, Vegas getting a lot of hype with what we were doing. And so Top Rank flew me out to a couple of their events and said, hey, just watch what we do. And I loved boxing going into it. I didn't know much about the sport in terms of the back-end stuff, but there's no in-arena activation or anything with combat sports, even UFC, Golden Boy, Uh, Mayweather promotions, if you go to a fight, it's always geared towards television. So if a guy gets knocked out in the first round, usually there's a big break for those that are in attendance before we get to the next fight. If you're watching at home, it's fine. They analyze what happened. They talk about the next one. And then 25, 30 minutes later, another fight starts. So for those 30 minutes at Top Rank now, we've been creating content uh, very similar to what you would see at a hockey game for combat sports and for boxing. And so it's been exciting. From there, within the first couple of months that I was doing that, I got, you know, the opportunity to host weigh-ins on ESPN, so I've become sort of the weigh-in guy cool. uh, for Top Rank on ESPN, and then, uh, you know, we're going to announce soon that, you know, Top Rank's going to go back to work, you know, uh, with no fans, and you may see me dabble a little bit in the ring here and there, so uh, we'll see. It's been a it's been a really I'm cool looking experience. And a, a great learning experience for me to learn the sport, learn about these fighters, and what they go through to get ready for a, for a fight. And, you know, a lot of them come from, you know, the craziest of crazy stories. And it's just been a it's been a really special time for me these la- this last year and a half. And I'm really looking forward to going back because I, I've, I've fallen in love with the sport. It's truly something special. And mm-hmm. uh, I can see why boxing fans are, are just as crazy as hockey fans. So it's, it's been a pleasure to be a part of it.
0: That's awesome. So you're traveling all over the place then for that. So obviously you're in Atlantic City, but you're a Vegas guy. So where else are you going for boxing? We go everywhere,
2: wherever, uh, you know, wherever and whenever. We're in Northern California a lot. Uh, we're in the Los Angeles area a lot. We're at Madison Square Garden many times throughout the year uh, with some of our major, you know, major fights. Obviously, if we're here in Vegas, we're, we're doing a pay-per-view event. We just did the, the Fury fight uh, mm-hmm. and there'll be more Fury fights obviously coming up because he's a top-ranked fighter. Uh, we've been in Philadelphia a lot um, the venue in Philly, but it's dope. It's like 300 or 3,000 the 300. It's small It seats like 2, okay, no, people. I'm trying uh, to think
0: I, it's not ringing any bells It's a, a like a warehouse
2: and they do concerts in there, but we had a couple fights there and it was awesome I felt like hey, I was cool. in like roadhouse days where guys <laughs> are picking the shit up at each other <laughs> uh, yeah, <oops. laughs>
1: nah. You're good. You're good.
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, we've been to Philly twice uh, each time I eat at a different cheesesteak place. Um, but we're on the East Coast a bunch. You know, New York, Philly, Boston, and then the same thing on the West Coast. We're in L.A., you know, San Francisco area a lot, Sacramento, and then obviously in Vegas. Uh, but, yeah, every other weekend I'm on a plane uh, flying somewhere to host fights. And it, it's fun, uh, but it's a lot of traveling.
1: I can imagine. I can imagine. All right. You brought it up. One quick question before uh, Justin ends up here with a, a little game we have for you. But you brought up the cheesesteak. Which
2: yeah. one? Oh, um, you know, it's not the – not. what are the restaurants
1: beside each other? Uh, Pat's and Gino's. It's it's neither of those. I yes. love them both. That's but the, the correct answer. That's, that's the correct answer. answer. That's yeah. the correct answer. You're it's getting there. Not,
2: I've actually had better cheesesteak sandwiches at restaurants that locals have taken me to. Yes. So I guess that the, the Pat and Gino's, that's like the Times Square of Philadelphia yes. where yeah. they just get you because they're there. But the, I've actually enjoyed cheesesteaks at, at like mom and pop places that – a couple
1: of the guys on crew took me, to, So, yeah, neither Pats nor Gino's, although they're good, too. That's the exact answer. I'm from the area. That's the exact answer I give to people, too. When I travel and they're like, where are you from? I say near Philly. They say Pats or Gino's." I say neither. The They're, they're the that. best. It's the exact answer, like word yeah, for word. Think. That was perfect. Perfect. Spot on. All right. So Deaver
0: mentioned that we're going to be getting into a little game here. So this is obviously something that... You are quite familiar with doing. However, we're flipping the roles and we're the in-arena announcers here. Okay? okay. So we'd like to welcome Mark Chinook to our free parking prize pack giveaway. We got three questions here. We need Mark to nail all three questions. If he wins, he will be sent a free parking prize pack. So we're going to do rapid fire questions here.
2: This is awful. I'm, gonna, I'm set up for
0: failure. I can yeah. tell. And they are arguably layups So if you don't get them, we'll be a little shocked But here we go Number one, what is the name of the Vegas Golden Knights arena? The Fortress
2: or T-Mobile Arena
0: Correct What is the name and species of the Vegas Golden Knights mascot? Chance the
2: Gila Monster
0: Nice, you even pronounced it correct <laughs> Nice Who was the first ever goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights?
2: Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury Correct we we got, got a winner prize
1: We back. got a winner yeah, There we go so we were thinking it about both
0: sides. Yeah,
2: so. so. it's like you were going to throw me a curveball there in the third <laughs> one.
0: Who was our first signed player? <laughs> nah, nah. We had to do some layups because I know that on the back end of a lot of those giveaways, sometimes the announcer's like, it was the Wachovia Spectrum as the first player. Yeah. You know, so something like that. Uh, so, all right. Well, congratulations. You won the prize back. We'll get something sent your way. And we appreciate,
1: appreciate it. We that. Awesome. Well, Mark, thank you for uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule. Really appreciated having you on. Give us some sports stories and kind of your experience in it. Glad we crossed paths at the stadium series. Glad Justin saw you again at the Hard Rock. and uh, Best of luck with everything. We'll be we we'll watching for sure. Hopefully we'll see you here soon with some uh, top-ranked boxing back.
2: For sure. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Stay healthy and uh, you know I'll follow you guys. Make sure we, we cross paths again sure. for sure. But I'll, sure. I'll, I'll be there soon enough and we'll see what the NHL decides with this playoff uh, format. There's there's rumor that Vegas is gonna the host the whole playoff, so if that goes down. You guys will have to come out.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Would love we'll be in. touch for sure. Thank you, Mark. Thank Appreciate God. it. Thanks. Appreciate it.
1: Great. Day. You That's well. too. That was probably one of my favorite interviews to date. I, I'm just such a hockey nerd, so mm-hmm. just plugging Mark with all these questions. I could have went on forever. I, oh, I know he was a busy guy. Listen to him. I mean, he was. But but before you know all this, he was in a different city every single day. It sounded like so. Didn't want to hit him too hard, but. Fantastic hockey stories. I was about like rattling off all the uh, same Mur- or the Sue St. Marie Grey- Greyhound Flyers in my head. Like Morgan Frost was a Greyhound. Uh, was Nolan Patrick a Greyhound? Dude, so uh, that's no, a- not Nolan Patrick. I'm sorry, uh, Scott Lawton. Scott Lawton was a Greyhound. Like there, I mean Gretzky wore '99. every the first time Rick Tockett went there. Dude.
0: That's cream of the crop. Then you're saying like that's where you go it's if you're gonna make
1: it. It's one up for sure. That league, the, the the OHL.
0: I had no idea that his dad was an owner of that team.
1: I I, mean, I I didn't know either until I like dove into some further stuff and I was like Mark you gotta you gotta talk about this
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely at the end there Deeves, it seemed like he wanted us to kind of ask him some of those questionable uh, questions regarding you know what the status of the league is and and this and that but he gave us a little hint there
1: uh, you know yeah I, think I didn't I, think- I didn't hear the Vegas playoff plug I did not hear oh. that I heard it a lot for the NBA I didn't hear it for the for the NHL so excited hey. to I, I didn't want to I didn't want to dive too much into no. the return to sports thing we talk about it almost every prize. I wanted to hear about him but he gave us a couple Couple tidbits that maybe the NHL returning playoff format in Vegas. That would be sweet.
0: So, Deeves, let's get into a little bit of our written content here. We are opening up a block and not necessarily opening up, it's been open. Mm -hmm. Shops open, brother. So, we've been producing awesome blogs. Hammonds has gotten on there. Joey LaCava has gotten on there. I have gotten on there. Deaver's about to get on there and the writing content is awesome. Um, It it displays a different side of each of the members that you don't necessarily get to see like this. And, you know, it's just a great way to really dive into the minds of a specific topic that they're so passionate about.
1: Yeah, it's a totally different way to kind of get our word out there. You can do it any time of day, you don't need a camera, you can be sitting in bed, you can be sitting on the toilet writing on your notes, you know, we could be on a plane, train, automobile, and and kind of get our thoughts out there on anything. if you like video games, we got a video game blog. If you like the Chiefs, there's going to be a Chiefs blog or a Panthers blog or a blog about sports movies. So there's going to be something for everybody. And uh, we got a ton of brilliant minds out there that um, will be putting some more content out in the written format instead of the uh, the kind of vi- visual audio media format.
0: Yeah, it's really fantastic, man. And you get a wide range of knowledge from all these different specific areas that we discussed from esports mm-hmm. all the way to breaking down the fourth round pick of the NFL draft. So, you know, it's super exciting. And then Hammonds obviously has awesome content written about, you know, specific Carolina Panthers players and, you know, what their trajectory is uh, throughout the league. So, Deves, blogs are looking awesome, man.
1: Blogs looking great. Websites looking great. And all of our listeners are looking great. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to episode 37. Please give us a like on this podcast, follow, share, do everything you're doing. And, again, just uh, thanks for being you. Peace out. Can I ask you another question? Sure. you probably get this a lot. This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean?
2: Did, um...
0: Did Caesar live here?
1: Um, no. I didn't think so. Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas!
2: How I wish that there were more than 24 hours in the day